This is how you motivate your players. Hey, this is Anders and welcome to How to Coach Youth Football. But first, if you go to AndersVideo.com, I'm going to show you the step-by-step -step process that I use to develop youth national team players consistently five years in a row. I'm going to show you a copy and paste and easy to use blueprint that you can apply to your own players if you go to AndersVideo.com. But now let's return to the episode. So this episode is all about motivation and how you can motivate your players and keep them motivated. But first, let's rewind and have a look at the history of motivation to see what we can learn from the history of motivation. Because back in the 1940s and 1950s, people had no idea what intrinsic motivation was. In fact, <clears throat> there was this uh, guy called Harry Harlow. He experimented with monkeys and he saw that his monkeys were able to open a hatch with a lock by just playing with it. And nobody had ever seen that before and could not explain it because up until that point, people thought that punishment and reward was the only thing that could um, give players or monkeys uh, motivation. So Harry Harlow discovered intrinsic motivation just through this f fluke with, with the monkeys who were playing with uh, the hatches and the locks. But intrinsic motivation and extrinsic motivation, which is two different things that we're going to be talking about throughout this episode, that has a whole bunch of research behind it. In fact, there was these researchers that went to the slum in Mumbai, India, where people are not paid very well. They wanted to see the effects of extrinsic uh, rewards, such as money. So they found a group of people who were really poor, and they gave them certain tasks, such as uh, throwing a ball into a bucket and solving anagrams and a whole bunch of things. And group one, they told them that if they were successful at solving these tasks, they would get one day's worth of uh, salary money. And another group, they said that they would get two weeks worth of salary. And then the third group, they were promised five months worth of salary if they um, performed well at these tasks. But which group do you think performed the best? Well, the group that was promised five months worth of salary did a lot worse than all the other groups. In fact, the group that did the best was the group that was only promised one day's worth of salary. So extrinsic rewards, which we believe are uh, there to support the motivation and motivate your, our players or <laughs> every people, they are really inhibiting the thing that we want to uh, enhance. So extrinsic rewards, they are not necessarily good. The researchers found the same thing when um, checking into uh, women who donated blood. In fact, they, they, they divided a group of women into three groups. So group one uh, was told that they could volunteer to donate blood and it was told voluntarily. 52% of those women actually ended up donating blood. And then group number two were told that they could uh, donate blood and they would be given a reward for it. But only 30% of the women wanted to donate blood when a reward was introduced. So 30% instead of 52% before. So by introducing that reward, um, a selfless thing like 
donating blood became what should we call it work because it it affects something that's really deep within us called self-determination solving tasks for other people are not that <laughs> stimulating or inspiring in fact researchers saw the exact same thing when they went to um a children's um, school a preschool and saw that some of the kids like to draw so the researchers <laughs> did like researchers uh, most uh, do they divided the kids into three different groups uh, group one we can call expected reward um, the kids in this group was told that if you draw right now you will be given a trophy so they were expecting a reward if they draw and then um, the researchers had a second group called unexpected reward so they got a reward unexpectedly so these kids were asked if they wanted to draw and if they wanted to draw and when they were done they were given a trophy and then group number three were asked if they wanted to draw but they were not given a trophy or anything so that's just a con control group and after two weeks after this research study they saw that the um, kids who were expecting a reward for drawing they actually spent a whole le uh, less time during their uh, recess time drawing now because what was originally an intrinsic task had become extrinsic which means that they loved drawing before but now they only wanted to draw if they were um, able to receive a reward because self-determination that really affects self-determination is the core of our intrinsic motivation so I've, I've been using that term a lot throughout this episode now intrinsic motivation what is it well people some people believe that motivation is something that you either have or you don't have it but that's not really true you know we have a whole bunch of different kinds of motivation so let's call one kind of motivation a motivation that's uh, when you feel like you're unwilling and you're not really interested you don't think it's uh, important and you're passive and you just don't really don't want to do it so imagine a continuum all the way from a motivation to intrinsic motivation where everything is interest driven and you do it because it's interesting and enjoyable so between that intrinsic motivation and a motivation we have uh, four different kinds of motivation according to motivational research you have what we call external pressure so you do something because you somebody else expects you to do it or it could be internal pressure you do it because you expect this of yourself or it can move a little bit more towards the interest driven intrinsic motivation as the useful driven so you do it because you see that doing this task is useful to you or it could be value driven that you do it because it fits with your deep values so for us as coaches we want to move our players from hopefully not from a motivation but from the other kinds of motivation all the way into interest driven and intrinsic motivation so how how do we do that how can we get our players to be intrinsically motivated and interest driven because we want them to um, enjoy our training sessions and that's the main the main thing that drives their motivation so according to one of the motivational theories there are three 
basic needs that we as coaches must support if you want our players to be intrinsically motivated. The first one is the one that I've been talking about so far called self-determination. If you as a coach make all the choices of how many times a week they are training, which players are um, training together in during training sessions, what drills you will be doing, and if you if you make all the choices, they will not experience your players will not experience self-determination. Self-determination is the feeling of having a voice and being heard and being able to to affect your own uh, surroundings and your own reality. So that's a really deep um, basic need that we have as uh, human beings. We want self-determination. We want to be able to determine what what we will do. The second basic need is relatedness. You will be intrinsically motivated if you feel like you belong to something bigger than yourself, some uh, belong to a group. So if it's a tribe or a brotherhood or whatever political movement or feeling of belonging to some to some sort of group, that's w- the second basic need for intrinsic motivation. In fact, if if you feel like you're you're an outsider, if you feel like the others are part of a group and you are not, you can imagine that's really detrimental to your intrinsic motivation. So feeling of relatedness, that's the second basic need for um, intrinsic motivation. And the third basic need is mastery. Now, mastery is not being able to solve any task immediately and easily. Mastery is struggling to solve a a task for a long time, but when you invest your very best effort, then you will finally be able to solve that task. You can think back to your own life. The things that you can do effortlessly, that's not you, you don't get motivated by doing those things, but by persisting and trying hard and eventually overcoming an os- obstacle, that's where uh, that's what really triggers your motivation, isn't it? So those are the three basic needs that we need to address as football coaches, self-determination, relatedness, and mastery. So how can you create drills and an atmosphere and a team environment where people feel like they have a voice, a saying, and they feel like they're part of a group and where they are challenged at the right level so they will feel mastery? So that's, that's one of the important questions you need to ask yourself as a football coach. And we know there are two different sources of motivation. The first source of motivation is results. We, want, we, we feel motivated when we outperform others in social comparison. If I look better than you, then I will be motivated by feeling superior. Or if my team beats your team, I will get motivated because uh, winning is a source of motivation. Now, the other kind of motivation is mastery. And this thing, uh, mastery is all about uh, self-improvement. I want to be a better version of myself today than I was yesterday. I want to improve my own personal records and uh, my own personal best and so forth. So if you're mastery-oriented, you evaluate uh, your performance based on improvement. Has there been any improvements? If yes, then you will be motivated. If no, you will have to do something to, um, to improve. 
and when you're mastery oriented you consider you consider effort as um, very important and you want challenges and you'll be able to persist in adversity because you know that you're on a journey towards mastery you're not mastering anything right now you want to do the work that leads to mastering that skill as opposed to if you're results um, driven in your motivation where you just want to outperform others and you do a lot of social comparison which will lead to giving up in the face of adversity and avoiding challenges because if you if you if you see that entering this contest will um, give you the risk of losing you will not enter that contest if you're driven by uh, purely by results but through research we see that the top performing athletes and politicians and other um, areas of life as well they have both of these sources they are both result driven they want to be the best but they're also master driven they want to improve they, they, they get a whole bunch of motivation by improving so make sure when you um, coach your players to stimulate both those two sources of motivation talk a lot about how you can um, how your players can get motivated by improving themselves but also stimulate the whole contest and competition part of football because that's that's a core core part of the football training so i hope that you've gotten some value from this little episode about motivation and that you can take action and implement some of this already today and if you feel like uh, this episode gave you value please subscribe to this pod podcast and rate and review this episode make sure to tune in for next week's episode which is going to be all about grit and how you can teach your players how to overcome obstacles because if you want to have players who can overcome obstacles and persevere in the face of adversity you need to catch that episode so be, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and i'll see you next week